The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's difpbham.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, and this is episode number 21 of the series, recording again from my desk at home while the athletic department and university continues to practice social distancing. If you missed last week's installment, episode number 20, it featured head women's basketball coach Rick Petrie. He talked about his new signing class, how the pandemic affected the recruiting process, and how it will continue to affect recruiting into the following year. If you missed it, you can go back and give it a listen at any time. All previous episodes of the podcast can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcasts on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We hope that you've been able to follow along with us on social media with the Gamecock Madness Bracket Challenge, helping us to decide Jacksonville State's top Division I moment of the past 25 years. We're posting a new poll each day for you to vote on, and the second round, the Sweet 16, just began. So there's plenty of time to hop on board and vote for your favorite moment. You can vote by visiting us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All three accounts can be found by searching at JSU Gamecocks on those platforms. Also online, we're publishing stories daily to JSUGamecocksports.com. Be sure to check the website each day for new stories, interviews, and features with your favorite GSU student-athletes and coaches. For this week's episode of Behind the Beak, I called up men's basketball assistant coach Tommy Wade, who is currently out in Oklahoma, waiting out the coronavirus. This is part one of my conversation with Coach Wade. In this week's installment, we talk about his career as an athlete and coach. He recalls what the OVC was like during his playing days and early coaching career, and we discuss what it is like recruiting at Jacksonville State. Next week, we'll be talking about his recovery from a cancer diagnosis, surviving a heart attack just a year prior to coming to Jacksonville, and how he continues to live his life with the most positive outlook. I think this first half of this conversation will have you ready to sign an NLI with the Gamecocks. Here is this week's guest, Tommy Wade. Joined on the phone today by assistant men's basketball coach Tommy Wade. Coach Wade, thanks so much for coming on the podcast with us today. Hey Tyler, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, always enjoy talking to you about about our basketball program at JSU. T, you're one of my favorite people. You're always extremely positive, and uh, I know right now you're out in Oklahoma. You're spending uh, your time during this pandemic uh, away from Jacksonville. You're able to get away and get home for a little while. You still have a house in Oklahoma City. Tell me, 
kind of how you're spending your time right now uh, while everything's going on and we're not really able to be in the office together. Well, hey, that's, uh, you know, we're all in the same boat. I mean, when you think about everything that we're all going through, uh, I mean, it's been a, it's been a challenging time, a difficult time, but a time that, uh, you know, is, is, is something that, you know, when, you, when, you, when I'm talking to my friends across the country, we're all doing the same thing. And so we're all kind of, uh, it, it's all, we're all on the same playing field at this point. But, you know, for me, uh, I am in Oklahoma, you know, before I came to Jacksonville State. I coached uh, with Coach Harper for three years at Oklahoma City University. And then I was at Oklahoma State with Travis Ford for eight years. So when I moved to Oklahoma in 2005, I bought a house here. And um, I've kept a house through, you know, when I lived the, the 11 years, uh, when I coached 11 years in Oklahoma. And so when I, when I know we've got some time that's going to be uh, extended, like what we've had, you know, uh, I always enjoy coming back. So I am in Oklahoma. And, but you know, we're working. Our whole coaching staff is, is working. Uh, we're all, every day, uh, we have a conference call with Coach Morton, Coach Anderson, Coach Richardson, Coach Harper. So we all have a conference call every day. Uh, and we, we discuss pretty much everything that we need to t- discuss when you, you know, as far as our players right now that are finishing up school. You know, we'll make sure we stay on top of all of them, make sure they get their online assignments in. They've all been really good about that. Um, you know, we still are, are, are trying to get our schedule completed for the upcoming season. And then obviously, you know, the most important thing is in, in the recruiting. And uh, we're really excited about uh, the recruiting class that we put together this year. You know, early we signed a couple good players early. And then, obviously, in the spring signing period, you know, we've signed some some players that, you know, we're excited about and, and looking forward to getting back and being able to get in the gym with them at some point and kind of, you know, kind of work on uh, this upcoming season. So, you know, we're all staying busy. We're just not in Pete Matthews Coliseum in our offices. We're all doing our work. And, um, you know, it's it's – you know, some people say, well, hey, man, you've got a little bit of downtime. Well, it's really not. It's really not downtime. It's it's still working time, uh, but we're just not on campus there. And, and uh, actually, I, I miss it. I mean, I miss – I'm one of those guys that likes to come in the office every day. I'm one of those guys that I think I can get more done when I do come in my office. And we've got very, very nice offices to come into every day. Uh, but obviously, due to the due to the – pandemic and everything we were away from there but we're still getting our work done so that's kind of it in a nutshell Tyler of kind of you know what we're doing at this point and and uh you know it's every, every day our, our coaching staff we talk we discuss everything and and uh, I think we're we're doing a really good job of staying on top of everything we need to do at this point coach you're a big face-to-face guy you enjoy building those relationships like that and getting to know people and that's obviously, I think, the biggest thing about recruiting is getting to know those players and those transfers, those high school kids, and you know, convincing them that Jacksonville State is the place for them. Was it challenging, more challenging this year to get that signing class? And then how has it affected future signing classes going into next year and being able to talk with guys 
and have to, you know, make Zoom meetings and things like that rather than seeing them face to face and getting to, you know, be right there with them? Great question. And and I think if you talk to, you know, every coach in the country, you know, they're very similar on how they would answer that question. I mean, we're all, again, as I alluded to earlier, we're all on the same playing field. I mean, nobody has an advantage. You know, we can't go off campus to recruit. Um, our, our, our recruits cannot make official visits. And I'll say this, you know, we're, 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 it's, you know, today is April the 27th. And basically this spring, we, we have got five kids that have already signed with us. And if it would have been a normal time, uh, a, a normal year where you're bringing in kids on visits, you know, we might not have had five players signed at this point. I mean, I know this time last year, you know, it drug out into the summer, it drug out into May and June, and I and I think and, and for us, um, that's I, I think it's a positive for us. I mean, sure, all these kids want to see your campus, and we've got a lot to sell at Jacksonville State. You know, uh, obviously, we're going into our fifth season, and Tyler, that's that's to me, that's uh, that that's how time passes so fast i mean we're going into year five i mean so uh and it's hard to believe it just seems like yesterday you know coach harper got hired in april of 16 and and uh, i got hired june 1st in, in 2016 and now we're going into uh to year five but the thing that um in in the recruiting it, it is about relationships and i've done this a long time and I think we've got a staff with Coach Morton and Coach Richardson and Coach Harper and myself uh, that build relationships with the guys that, that, you know, we want to coach and we want to have in our program. And this spring, you know, we've had to basically sell, you know, a lot of things over the phone and through text messages and through, you know, virtual tours of campus. And in, in, in the good thing about Jacksonville State, we've got a lot to sell. I mean, we've got great facilities, and that's 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 a huge part in recruiting. We've got great facilities. The renovation at Pete Matthews uh, is, is is we're very we're very excited about that. Our offices are new. Our locker room is new. You know, we have the new practice gym, which was a huge plus. Now we've got the new weight room and conditioning center that I know all of the coaches on campus are excited about. You know, the apartments where our players live, uh, the upperclassmen, you know, live over at the point. I mean, they're as good as any apartments in the country. You know, Meehan Hall, where our freshmen live, it's as nice of a facility, dorm, as anywhere. You know, so I think we have a lot to sell. The new recreation center on fitness center on campus, you know, is 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 a is a is a you know a highlight to show off when we bring kids in. And obviously, we've had to show them, you know, through video. You know, where where all the students eat on campus. There's a lot of options. So you know, those are things that are that all these recruits ask about. They want to know where they're going to live, where they're going to eat, you know, about their classrooms, obviously where they're going to practice, you know, the facilities. And when you look at, at Jacksonville State, across the board, the athletic facilities are second to none at our level. 
I mean, you can go from football to softball, the baseball facility. I mean, you know, that speaks for itself. The tennis facility. I mean, all the facility, the golf facility. I mean, when you go across the board, I mean, there is a lot to sell. And as, as an assistant coach who has to build relationships with, you know, recruits and their families, we have a lot to sell. And obviously for us, you know, Coach Harper. I mean, you know, Coach Harper won his 500th game as a head coach this year. And I think when you, when you, when you look at building a program, it starts from the leadership and from the top. And, you know, from our president to Greg Sykes, to all the administration that supports our athletic programs at Jacksonville State. It's not that way everywhere. Tyler, I've been in a lot of places. It's not that way everywhere. We're very fortunate to have that at Jacksonville State. We've got great support from our administration. And everybody in Pete Matthews Coliseum, the support that we have with yourself, with every with compliance. You can go down the line. I mean, everybody works together. We've got one goal, and that's to put together our job as basketball coaches is to put together the best basketball program that we can, but we get great support from everybody on campus, and that's huge in recruiting. And so I think, you know, we have the facilities. We have great leadership. We have a high-level coach. I mean, again, when you think about what Coach Harper's accomplished, I mean, we're in after year four, we're averaging right at 20 wins per season. And in Division I basketball, that is very, very, very hard to do. I mean, there's not many programs in the country that, ha- that can say they're averaging 20 wins a season. You only play 31 in Division I basketball. And to win 20 games a year, which we've accomplished in our four years, we're very proud of that. We're very, very proud of that. Coach Harper this past year won his 500th game. And I've been with Coach Harper the longest. I was with him at Kentucky Wesleyan when we competed at the Division II level, and I was with him. We went we went to six straight national championship games. That's unheard of. And then we go to Oklahoma City University. We, we play in three straight national championship games. We win two out of three. She's have won all three. So, you know, what Coach Harper has accomplished in winning this 500 game this year, that is huge, huge in recruiting because every, every prospect wants to play for a coach that wins and has a winning culture and has a winning program. And we have that. We have a very experienced coaching staff. Coach Morton, his his resume, you know, he's coached in the ACC. He's coached at a high level. You know, I'm I'm the old man on the staff. I've been around the block and been a part of national championship teams, conference championship teams, you know, NCAA tournament teams. I came from the Big 12. And then Coach Richardson, who's a young coach, who's got a bright future, and and then you have obviously have you our leader when Coach Harper the success that he's had he's won at all levels, and so we've got a very experienced coaching staff, and we've built a winning culture, and again in recruiting, that is huge because every kid wants to play wants to have a chance to play for a conference championship, and we have done that at Jacksonville State. 
and we're going to compete for OVC championships year in and year out. And that's a big selling point. So I think, Tyler, we, in, in recruiting, we have a lot to sell. And for me, as, as, uh, as a recruiter and an assistant coach, I always look forward to getting on the phone with a young recruit and with his parents and, and tell them about Jacksonville State. Because I have a lot of pride in being a member of Jacksonville State staff, and there's a lot to sell. There's a lot to talk about in a positive way. And, and I think once you, once you introduce yourself and you tell them about Jacksonville State, and then every day, you know, how I recruit, I like to, you know, contact recruits via the text or phone calls. There's a lot of things that we can send them. I like to get them educated about our program. And I think we've done a good job. Our whole coaching staff has done a great job with that, especially under the circumstances that we've had to uh, endure this spring by not having kids on campus, physically having them on campus. We've done a great job of selling them on our program and on our winning culture and on playing for Coach Harper. And, and again, we've put together – which I think is a is a is an outstanding recruiting class, and so we're excited about that. But it has been different, but it has been good for us. So uh, hopefully that answers your that question. And and uh, you know as far as the future is concerned, I mean obviously we hope by fall we can all get back to being hopefully some kind of of a normal school year. And when we can get out again and see kids in events, obviously we've been shut down. Well, we can't go see anybody this spring and probably won't be able to this summer. But hopefully by the fall we'll be able to get out and, and evaluate kids. Uh, but, but for this recruiting class, for this spring, you know, we, we had pinpoint a lot of the kids uh, through – being out and, and evaluating players this whole past year. We've done a good job with that, and we've landed a good recruiting class. Coach, uh, one of the things that Coach Harper likes to say is he likes dogs. Do we have some dogs in this recruiting class? You know what? I really think we do. I think we've got some kids that, you know, and, and, and to describe a dog for our audience, you know, it's a, a dog is a, is a player that has got a lot of toughness. It's got physical toughness. It's got more mental toughness and has an attitude of refuse to lose. And I think that's, 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 those are the kind of players that coach Harper loves to coach. And those are the kind of guys that you can win with. And I think that the, the personnel with the makeup of our team for this upcoming season, I think we have added some pieces that, that describe that type of player that has the mental toughness, the physical toughness. And uh, that, that's one of the things that we're excited about is I think every kid that we've recruited has come out of winning programs. And we can get into the personnel here just shortly. But when you look at all the kids that we signed, uh, they know how to win. And, and they expect to win. And I think that's that's a key in recruiting too, 
is, you know, I was taught a long time ago, you know, you got to recruit kids out of winning programs. If you recruit kids that are, that are not out of winning programs, you know, it's hard. It's hard to break bad habits. And if they've got losers mentality, that's not, that's not going to, you know, basically carry over to the next level. Well, we've signed kids with, with winning that have winning mentality. And I, and hopefully that's going to carry over to our team. And uh, again, it's, it's, you know, I know I'm, I can speak for our whole coaching staff. I think we're all pretty excited about this group. Coach, your relationship with Ray Harper, as far as being assistant coaches with him, started back in 1999 when you guys were at uh, Kentucky Westland. And since then, like you mentioned, the national championships started rolling in all the way up until 2008, whenever uh, Coach Harper won the NAIA national championship in 07, 08. And then after that, you went over to Oklahoma State. You were the director of player development, and you had a quick stop in St. Louis before you made your way to Jacksonville State. Tell me about that relationship with Coach Harper and how you two found each other and then what your coaching careers have been like together since then. Well, like I said, you know, I love Ray Harper. And Ray is, you know, we all know what kind of basketball coach he is. I mean, obviously his record speaks for itself. But he's just a great person and a great friend. And our relationship started, I was a high school coach in Kentucky, and Coach Harper was an assistant at Kentucky Western. This was back, you know, in the 90s. And, and, and I was in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, where I coached high school basketball. Coach Harper was an assistant at Kentucky Western in Orangeville, which was about 80 miles apart. And so Coach Harper uh, had recruited my guys. And so we, we, we knew each other when he was an assistant. And then I went on and, and have been in other places. And then I was a, a junior college coach at St. Catherine College in Kentucky. And Coach Harper recruited some guys that we had in our program there. So we have known each other uh, way before I worked for him and had a great relationship. And then I had the opportunity to work for him, uh, and like you said, in 1999. I had a chance to work for Coach Harper from 1999 to 2005 at Kentucky Wrestling and was, you know, were a part of, uh, you know, six national championship games. And and then from there, he went to Oklahoma City University in 2005. And I, I followed him. I, I had some health issues during that time, and he was always there for me. And then I went to um, – I actually followed him to Oklahoma City and we had a great run at OCU for three years, three straight national championship games, two national titles. And then I was given the head coaching job in Oklahoma City when Coach Harper left to go to Western Kentucky University you know, in 08. And then another great friend of mine, Travis Ford, just got hired uh, at Oklahoma State University in the spring of 2008. And he offered me a position there. And um, it was a hard decision, uh, but I left and, went and was with him for his entire time at Oklahoma State. I was there for, for eight years. But during that time, obviously, Coach Harper and I, you know, we, we talked all the time, stayed in, stayed in touch. You know, as a matter of fact, I actually helped him. We had a young man that left Oklahoma State 
and I helped him uh, basically go and play for Coach Harper at Western Kentucky. So we we would always talk about players, talk about recruiting, and so you know our friendship has has been there since the early nineties, and then obviously had a chance to work for him, you know, for basically six years at Kentucky Wesleyan, three years at Oklahoma City. And then when he got the job at Jacksonville State, you know, we had talked about that. Actually, we, we, were, we had spent some time together uh, that year at the Final Four uh, in, in, in 2016. And, you know, it worked out. And I actually left um, Oklahoma State and, and followed uh, Travis Ford to St. Louis University, where he's the head coach there now. And I was with him for one month. Uh, at St. Louis University, and then Ray and I had talked, and then, you know, it worked out great for me um, to go and be a part of Coach Harper. And I remember when we talked about Jacksonville State, he said, you know what, we, let's let's get back together and let's see if we can go and, and turn that program around. And, you know, and, and I think as, as all, as most coaches, you like challenges. And I know for me personally, I love challenges. And I'm thinking, okay, let's go do this. And, you know, we're, we're very proud of where we're at at this point and, and, and what we've accomplished at JSU. You know, year one, we come in there and we're picked 12. I mean, they picked us dead last in the OVC. And we win the OVC tournament. That was a great, great, great feeling. I think for me personally, all the years that I've coached, and being a part of high school state championship teams and national championship teams at the Division Two and at the NAI level, NCAA tournament teams, you know, when I was at Murray State as a grad assistant, and then when I was at, at South Alabama, and then when I was at, at, at uh, Oklahoma State, and the, your, the ultimate goal every year is to play in the NCAA tournament. And, have, and I have... I have experienced that so many times but that first year at Jacksonville State was really special because JSU's program had been down and when you're when your preseason picked last and, and you accomplished what we accomplished that year uh, was was an unbelievable feeling and, and 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 a feeling that you know I'm very proud of and you know a lot of times when I'm in the gym and when I'm in Pete Matthews Coliseum, and you look up in the up in the up in the rafters, and you see that banner that we that we put there, that's that's a that's a great feeling. And and you know, our goal every year is to add to that. Our goal every year is to continue to improve as a program, continue our winning culture, and hopefully soon we can continue to add to those championship banners. So. Um, and, and it all starts with Coach Harper and his leadership. And not only, like I said, is he a great coach, but is a great friend and is a great man. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm really excited to be a part of of the program there and be with Coach Harper. And T, when you came to Jacksonville State, you had plenty of experience in the Ohio Valley Conference. You played your first two seasons at. Uh... Murray State finished up your last two seasons at SEMO, and then you were also a grad assistant at Murray State back in uh, 1991 and 1992. 
Tell me about your career in the Ohio Valley Conference. What about it is similar? What about it has changed? You know, just your overall thoughts on the conference since you you are one of those OVC veterans. Well, that's that's a great question, and I am an OVC guy. I mean, I was in high school a long time ago. As a kid growing up in western Kentucky, you know, I had a chance to go to a lot of OVC games back in the day. Let's say back in the day. The original OVC. The OVC now is totally different than it was, you know, 40 years ago. And the original OVC, uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of the history, there was eight schools in the OVC. There were four schools in Kentucky and four schools in Tennessee. That was the original OVC. The four schools in Kentucky were Murray State, Western Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, and Moorhead State. And then the four schools in Tennessee were Austin P. State, Middle Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, and East Tennessee State. That was the original OVC when I grew up as a kid and when I played at Murray State. And obviously now, all those schools that I mentioned, you know, there's only Murray still in the OVC, original member. Austin P original member. Eastern Kentucky, original member. Moorhead State, original member. And Tennessee Tech, original member. So those are the only five that were in the OVC that are still there today from, you know, the inception of the OVC years ago. And so as a kid, I thought the, I mean, the OVC back in the 60s, 70s, early 80s was a tremendous basketball league. It still is, but it was back in those days. And you can go back to, you know, some of the great players in the OVC back in those days. And so the, the league was very, very good then. And like I said, I, I had I had an opportunity uh, as a player, was, was assigned a scholarship to go to Murray State. We went there, and, you know, the competition in the OVC then was, was very, very high level. You know, at that time, it was, it was, it was you know, take Kentucky, obviously Kentucky basketball is at a different level. But the OVC was as good back in the 70s as the SEC. Uh, you take Kentucky out of the mix. The other schools, I mean, the Austin Keys, the Western Kentuckys, the Middle Tennessees, you know, they could compete with anybody in the SEC. And so, you know, I, I enjoyed my playing days at Murray State. I love the OVC. Um, and then, you know, I was a grad assistant in, in 91, 92 uh, in the OVC. Worked for a coach named Scott Edgar. We won the OVC that year, went to the NCAA tournament. We had a player by the name of Popeye Jones, Ronald Popeye Jones. And, I, and I'll give you a look again, I'm, I'm talking the history of the OVC. That particular year, 91-92, we won the OVC, went to the NCAA tournament, played Arkansas in the first round. But we that, that year, the OVC, Popeye Jones led the nation in rebounding. And that was when Shaquille O'Neal's last year at LSU. And I'll never forget, we went into the last game of the year, and Popeye Jones and, and, and Shaquille O'Neal were back and forth all the year on who is the leading rebounder in the country. 
in that last game, Popeye, I think, got maybe 18 rebounds or 17 rebounds. And anyway, he ended up edging Shaquille O'Neal as the leading rebounder in the nation at almost 12 and a half, almost 13 rebounds a game. Also that year, there was a kid at, at Moorhead State. His name was Brett Roberts. Brett led the nation in scoring. And then there was a kid at Tennessee Tech named Van Usher. Van Usher led the nation in assists at Tennessee Tech. And then there was a player at Middle Tennessee State who led the nation in field goal percentage. So that particular year, 1991-92, the OVC had the leading scorer in the nation, leading rebound in the nation, leading assist man in the nation, and leading field goal percentage player in the nation. So that's how that's the the OVC I think is a league that has been undervalued. I don't think the league has over the years gotten the the credit, the publicity that it deserves. And you know, again, personally, the OVC has been a league that I'm very fond of. I'm very familiar with. I know the history of the league from my uh, days growing up in, in Kentucky and, and going to, you know, when I was a young kid, going to high school game or going to college games at Murray State and at Austin P. I can remember uh, when I was a kid growing up in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, Clarksville, Tennessee is only 30 miles from my home. And my mother went to school at Austin P. But as a kid, I remember my dad taking me over to games at Austin Opinion where they had a player who's in the Hall of Fame there. His name was James Fly Williams. Fly Williams. And he he's arguably, well, I think he's the greatest player to ever play at Austin P. And probably one of the top five players to ever play in the OVC. Well, Fly uh, helped Austin P. win the OVC. And that particular year, I think when Fly was a sophomore, they beat Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. And but my point is, I remember they played in, 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 in I know they play now in the Dunn Center in Clarksville, a beautiful arena they have. But before that, they played in a, in a, in a place called the Little Red Barn. And Fly Williams, actually, you could not get a, a ticket for, for games when Fly played there. You had to get there like at noon, and people were lined up down the street in front of the Coliseum or in front of the Little Red Barn. And I'll never forget that when I was a young kid, about a seventh grader, my dad taking me to games at Austin P because I wanted to see the Fly play. And Fly Williams went on and played uh, in the pros. Uh, he was a New York, New York guy and, and played in the pros. Uh, was a great player in the old ABA. So I'm a very familiar guy, uh, a very familiar person with the OVC, a very fond of the OVC. And when Coach Harper offered me a position to come back to coach with him at Jacksonville State, you know, I was excited because, again, now I could get back to an area that I'm very familiar with, uh, a conference that I'm very familiar with, and it was, and I'm glad to be a part of the OVC. 
and the OVC has just produced so many great players over the years. Obviously, in recent history with John Moran and, and Dylan Wendler, the two guys that were drafted last year by the OVC. I mean, you know, outside of the Power Five conferences, the OVC, you know, had two first-round draft picks last year. And so, again, I think our league is, is a very, very good league. I think it's the OVC has had so much history over the over the years. I think it was formed maybe in 1948 or 49. It's one of the oldest leagues in the country, but it's a league that's always been a great, great basketball league. And, you know, Jacksonville State's a part of it now, and we're just trying, you know, I think what we've accomplished in our four years is we've, we've we kind of, you know, we have our ultimate goal is to win the OVC every year, but we've put ourselves in position to compete for OVC championships, and, and we're very proud of that. I've heard Mike Paris talk about Fly Williams a few times before, big name there, and like you said, went on to play in the pros. And, Coach, you as well, you went on to play pro basketball. You spent a number of years overseas. Uh, you were in uh, Argentina for three years. You spent one year in uh, Germany, and then you were there in England for one year. And you, like a lot of our former players, you've taken that European route. You've played overseas. What is that league like? What are those leagues like over there? And, you know, kind of give us a, an insight of what our former players are doing over there, like Jason Burnell, Malcolm Drumright, uh, Eric Durham was there a few years ago, and those guys, Christian Cunningham, kind of what those leagues are like because, you know, excuse the pun, but it's so foreign to so many of us here that focus on the NBA and the G League, and that's really all we think about. But there's some fantastic basketball leagues across the pond. Well, you know, great question again. I mean, as a player, as every young basketball player across the country, your ultimate goal is to, is, is to play beyond college. Your ultimate goal as a high school kid is to play in college and to get a scholarship. I mean, that that's that, that's your ultimate goal growing up. And then when you get in college, you know, the next step is to try to get a chance to play beyond college. And there's so many, obviously, the you know, everybody's goal is to be a pro. Everybody's goal is to play in the NBA. And to be a to be an NBA player, I mean, you have to be so talented, so special, and you know. But there's other options. There is the G League now, and there is so many options going overseas now. And so, me personally, and and, and again, you know, I think that my goal. I was an I was I was not a great college player. I was I was a good college player, not a great college player, but. I had an opportunity to go overseas and play. And for me, you know, living across the country or or across um, living in South America and living in Europe and playing, it was something that I always wanted to do. And I had an opportunity to do it. And and it's just an unbelievable experience. First of all, you get to continue to play basketball. You're getting paid to play basketball. And then the experiences that you learn, you know, learning different cultures, uh, having friends that are lifetime friends that were, you know, I still stay in contact with several of my friends that I played with in Argentina and I played with in Germany. And and, and, and those those experiences are, are, you know, what we all in life 
you know, it's all about building relationships and building friendships. And so, you know, for me personally, you know, I loved every minute of it. And the competition was very good. And that was a long time ago. And nowadays, the, 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 the competition has gotten even better and better and better. When you look at NBA rosters right now, there are so many international players playing in the NBA. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's very high. Every team in the NBA has international players. And that's because the game of basketball is so worldwide right now. There's great players everywhere. There's great coaches everywhere. When you look at most of your college teams in America right now, and obviously look at our team, you know, this past year we had four international players on our team. And I think when you look around at most teams uh, in Division One, Division Two, junior college, there are so many international players right now at the college level. And every kid's goal is to come to college. If you're an international player, your goal is to come and live in the United States and go to college in the United States and to learn basketball in the United States. As an American player, you know, if you don't make the NBA, you don't make the G League, you want to have a chance to continue playing and showing off your talent. And at Jacksonville State, all the players that you mentioned, since we have been there in all four years, Eric Durham, who's still playing, you know, um, Greg Tucker played, I think, for a, he, he played for one year. And then, obviously, uh, Giga, who's an international kid, you know, he's back in his country and playing. Malcolm Drumright has had a great career overseas. Jason Bernal this year was in Italy and in the, in the highest division in Italy and was, in, in, in was going to, was playing extremely well until the coronavirus. And Christian Cunningham was in Iceland and had a great, great, great career or a great year in Iceland. And so we're very proud of the fact that we have had a lot of our former players at Jacksonville State that are getting an opportunity to reach their goals and their dreams of being a professional basketball player. And they're all doing extremely well. And, you know, I think that's, again, every kid in recruiting, you know, that's a huge selling point as well is that, you know, at Jacksonville State, we're going to get our players exposure to play at the next level. And every kid wants that goal and that dream is to play beyond college. And we have helped our players get to that level. You know, our, all of our coaching staff, we know anything. And that have helped our players after they finish their, their career at Jacksonville State. We have been able to help them get pro contracts, and that's huge in recruiting. And so, you know, basketball all over the world right now is very, very good. And I had the good fortune of playing years ago overseas. You know, Coach Morton, who spent, you know, 10 years, I think, in Israel. Coach Morton was a great player in Israel. And so he had the experience to do that as well. And, and so I think that's, that's, you know, as a basketball player, when you spend your whole life growing up trying to be a better high school player, trying to get a college scholarship, and then obviously the ultimate goal is to play beyond college. You know, I had the good fortune of doing that. 
And when I, would, when I was a high school coach, I was going back to Europe uh, every summer and doing basketball camps and clinics there. And, you know, when I was a high school coach back in Kentucky, I, I would always bring some international players to my high school. And they played for me in high school, and they had a chance to go in and play at the college level. So I think, you know, it's been a great experience for me personally uh, to help young men reach their goals. And it obviously helped me uh, develop uh, friendships and relationships by me having the opportunity to play beyond college, you know, many years ago. And so great experience, something that, that I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to do. And I think it's helped me, you know, through my uh, coaching career because, you know, back then I learned different, you know, the, the international game and the American game are, are similar, but they're very different. And it helped my outlook on, on coaching. And, uh, and then obviously, you know, again, we're very excited about the international players that we've brought to Jacksonville State. I mean, they've all done extremely well. And, you know, we're going to continue to, to use that pipeline that Coach Richardson has, Coach Morton has, that I have, Coach Harper has, through international contacts. Uh, because there's so many good players everywhere. And so I think that's helped us as well. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with episode number 22, the second half of my conversation with Coach Tommy Wade. I promise you, you will not want to miss it. With that, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.